All right, boys. Episode 46 of the Milk Bucket Podcast. We're here, we're here. We got me, Baz, Aaron. We got a special guest before that, boys. I fuck, I fucked up this week. Oh, what? Oh, yeah? I was at the gym and I did that. Uh, someone, I was there with the gym buddy and they were trying to motivate me. So while I was doing lap pull down, they put my phone underneath the weight. No. Trying to motivate me to get the fucking reps and I had to get bro, 12. Yeah. Bro, I got 11 and a half and I shattered my phone. No. Oh, I feel no. like there was no way I could have stopped it Did breaking, you not have though. a case on your phone? I mean, who has a case these days? You don't have a case? No, no, no. Bro. Wait, what, do you know a guy? Of course I know a guy. <laughs> Wait, who's well, the guy? It depends if you like supporting local artists. I mean, I like supporting local artists. Do you artists. like biodegradable cases? Of course, I like, trees are great. <laughs> if you like trees and like supporting local artists. No, but these cases always cost so much money and the discounts are always like 2% or something like that. Mate, I've got a surprise for you. What? I can get you 20%. Fuck off. <laughs> I can get you You're 20%. taking the piss. <laughs> All you've got to do, hit the link in the, in the description below. Puppy cases, mate, they'll sort puppy you cases. out. Puppy cases. They'll sort you out. Fucking ease fees, hit up puppy. Hit up puppy. Anyway, talking about gym, we got Ravi, a fucking fitness expert in the business, right in the building right now, I should say. Absolutely. G'day, mate. How you doing? Boys, thanks for having me. Uh, iPhone under the lap pull down. I got to remember that one. <laughs> uh, well, have you never done that before? Uh, no, no. That's a. That must be. A Are you telling me this isn't a standard motivation <laughs> technique for your clients? Uh, I think your friend's got it. He's onto something. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we've done that a few times. So <laughs> oh, we <laughs> talked some, so some dumb shit before. Back, back when we were in high school, we would all sneak into my gym, which was Anytime Fitness. Yeah. And the way we would do it is because you only one person can tag in at a time. So right. I would tag in and then pass it to my mate, and then he would wait one minute and <laughs> tag in past <laughs> to his mate, and we had six people coming to the same gym at like 2 a.m. <laughs> thinking that we were sly and no I'm one would Baz. realize. I'm also Baz. This Baz guy lost a lot of things in his car. <laughs> Fuck me. Anyway, I feel like we haven't introduced. So Ravi, tell us about yourself. So you're a PT. Yes, uh, I'm the co-owner at Aspire Strength and Conditioning. We're a boutique uh, personal training and strength and conditioning studio in North Sydney. Do you have like a website link or something like that? Yes, we do. If you go to aspirestrength.com or even just a search of strength training North Sydney, you can find us. Beautiful. Uh, we'll have the there. link down below for everyone just in case you're interested in, in the North Sydney area, you said? Yes, North Sydney. Beautiful. 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 And Until he also does a bit of online as well. Oh, so if fantastic. If, if you have any questions or anything like that, you're interested in signing up, reach out to him on, do you have an Instagram? That you can yes, uh, rabdasilva underscore. I'm sure you guys can tag that. On yeah, there. 100. Hit the links down below. Yeah. So, what was your journey like getting into getting into fitness? Uh, I'll give my uh, not so PC answer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to fuck bitches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you're onto that. <laughs> give a little story. Um, day, first few times dating my beautiful girlfriend. Shout out to Keats. Uh, Shout out. First, first few dates. Um, the topic of powerlifting kind of came up, and um, on that she just. Off the cuff, remarked, said, "Oh, how much do you lift?" Oh, yeah. <laughs> no way. She's a good chick. If you've managed to weasel powerlifting into a conversation, and she asks you, "How I mean, much do you I lift?" Mean, That's a good woman, right there. Well, I'm like, all right, I've actually found a girl who might be relatively <laughs> impressed by like the way I'm lifting. Like, all right, I've got a 272.5 kilo deadlift. Oh, <laughs> is that? She gives me this look. That's like, is that good? Um, oh. <laughs> I'm in my head just thinking. Like, Fuck yeah. Fuck. <laughs> so if, if I can give a little bit of advice to your listeners as someone who's fairly far along in the iron game, uh, in terms of girls, unless they have, unless they train themselves, they have no context of, of this yeah. world and they just mm, do yeah. not give a shit. So Wait, <laughs> don't care what was the, the deadlift again? Uh, 272. Uh, kilos? Yes. How so many? for American viewers, that's 599 pounds. <laughs> 
Jesus Fuck me. <laughs> I mean, you get a lot of praise from fellow gym bros. Yeah, oh, bro, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've spoken about this before. The, the evolution of the gym bros, you start off as a small, skinny little man trying to get girls, and then you get in there and you get like your first gym buddy, and he gives you like, oh, your arm's looking good, bro. Like, good work. <laughs> and then you quickly realize that you're there to look good, like look big in front of other dudes. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. It quickly becomes a massive dick measuring comp- uh, contest. But yeah. Yeah. it's fucking, but it's the, good. The other, you know? thing, the other thing with Ravi is that he's not, any normal personal training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are your qualifications? Uh, so I've got my good old set three and set four. Uh, I've got a master's in nutritional science. A so master's. Yeah. But I mean your real qualifications. We know your deadlift. What's your squat yeah. and what's your bench? Uh, <laughs> and yeah, also, what's your bench? <laughs> I mean, everyone wants to know the bench. And unfortunately, that's the weakest of lift. Oh. I've got a 135 kilo bench. Oh, that's still good. <laughs> something at least. That's and, pretty good. And uh, 220 kilo squat. Fuck me. 220? Yes. So that's five five plates each side. Five plates. Jesus, Jesus Christ. And to give everyone context, when you go into most of the local gyms you go to, they, they'll have their cert three, cert four, like, so they can legally teach classes and get paid for it. Yeah. But the nutrition is the key thing that I think separates you from like most gym people you see because they're just like, oh yeah, go on musclechef.com and get your fucking meals delivered for you. But <laughs> that's it, man. Um, I mean, in terms of my journey into kind of getting into the industry, um, I mean, prior to getting into that, I was kind of finishing up the master's degree and working as a trainer tied in really well with the people that I wanted to work yeah, in. of course. I didn't really want to work in a nutritional clinic as such. I wanted to be directed more as people focused on body composition as well as strength athletes who have a lot of like weight class limitations to their sport. That's kind of more dictating what I wanted to do. In terms of like being in a, a trainer itself, I've actually got some insider goss from my PR team. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, mate, Baz has a bit of beef with the PT industry. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Tell him. You, uh, you rat, Chris. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm not, okay, not going to lie. I've got a bit of beef with PTs. I'll tell you why, though. Because I feel like all of them, well, not all of them. That's, that's the worst word to use, especially for our interview. But a lot of them just have like an online degree that they did somewhere. And they're telling people to do like a, a program that is good but it's not gonna get them to where they wanna go to as as quickly as possible. So for example, I had a mate who signed up for Anytime Fitness and he wanted to get as strong as possible. He goes to the local PT and he says to do some like hit workout that had some burpees to do with it and bit of this, bit of that. And he was getting some results, but he was making no strength gains Mm because he's doing 20 burpees and then doing a bit of skipping and a bit of that. Mm -hmm. And I was telling him like, I feel like you should probably jump on a strength program. You can find- Five by five, yeah. Something like, and and this PT, it seemed like he was just stringing him along and giving him as little progress as possible that he would, not need it. He would. He won't be able to leave the PT. Yes. But he was yeah. giving him enough progress that he was staying with them. Online PTs have that problem as well because they realize they can sell something for eighty bucks online, like a program. And are they going to actually spend the time to like make it work for someone, or are they going to sell cookie cutter one? Like yeah. you've yeah. got the. I don't know. Do you know Kino Body, Gregor Gallagher? Yes. Motherfucker game. sells, you know, <laughs> got this big mansion that apparently he owns yeah, and he just he's sells. Got, he's got the bag. He's got that. the bag. Oh, really? <laughs> he's a businessman. But yeah, it's like, it's the same product for every mm. single person. It's mm. like train two times a week, yep. incline bench, and, you know, do well, pistol I mean, squats. Actually, here's a good question to start off with, but what's a good way to find out that your PT is giving you the right advice? That is good. I mean, this is a difficult question, especially if you're coming from the context of, I don't know if your mate has much 
like information or insight yeah, of, okay. the, of like fitness world prior Nothing. to coming to that. He if watched. He watched says, Mike Chang's videos back in the day. <laughs> he's an expert. That's expert. Expert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at the towel workouts. Mike Chang videos are a real throwback. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, the towel workouts when he's doing those ones. This will get your chest looking. That's the thing, though. Like someone with a very limited kind of context or understanding, like anything, right? But you act with enough confidence, even if you're spreading your bullshit, mm. like you can sell it, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm a bit skewed in that. I did start there actually in my like fitness journey. I had a relatively shit PT, but I stuck around long enough to kind of figure out shit for myself, like yeah. training myself for a long time as a powerlifter. Yeah. You learn what good programming is. You learn what you need to do. I mean, you're tied in very well what you need to do nutritionally. In terms of vetting your personal trainer, Best advice I can give is consult your gym bros, like someone yeah. who actually has a bit of an insight into oh, okay. what good training is. Because, I mean, you're not going to just kind of go off out the bat to learn what good training is as such. So, yeah, I mean, just talk to your mates who are actually into training. If his PT is telling you to do a bunch of burpees and you want to get a five-plate squat, you probably need to find a new PT. That makes sense. No, yeah. I feel that. And, and you say good training. So when you say good training, obviously that depends on what their goal is. Mm-hmm. But if you have the standard person who, and because our audience are, you know, around the 15 to 25 year old range, yeah. say we have someone who's kind of skinny fat and mm-hmm. just wants to get more toned. Mm-hmm. I bet you hear that all the time. <laughs> what what do you think of the word toned? <laughs> it's the bane of the person. Yeah. <laughs> Is it actually? It's a bit of a misnomer in the sense, I mean, you guys will probably know this, but you encounter it a lot with uh, female demographics, especially when well, I get toned, where I'm like, all right, here's an idea of what you might need to do is spend a bit of time strength training, eating in a surplus to build some muscle and from there uh, going a bit of a deficit to get that tone going. And in their mind, as soon as you lift something heavy, like perform a deadlift, you're going to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so overall that, that term tone is a bit of a, a bit of a misnomer. Um, doesn't really occur. You're either building muscle, losing fat along those two lines. I was actually going to ask you on the back of that, yep. is your usual advice for people that are in the skinny fat region to gain first and then to cut down? I think it depends. Like if you're looking at the context of someone who's first entering the gym, you can kind of go a long way with the term recomposition. So what I mean by that is gaining muscle and losing fat simultaneously. To do that calorie-wise, you'd probably want to be eating like at your maintenance level calories. I can go into how to actually calculate that practically for you guys, but that's essentially eating at a calorie intake where you're maintaining your body weight. Just with the training stimulus alone, that'll go a long way to kind of getting you that toned look. That's from oh, the context okay. of someone who's just getting into training mm. for the first time. Putting that in layman's terms, you're eating enough that you're not gaining or losing weight that with the exercise you're doing. Exactly. You're, e- right. you're eating what your body needs. Yes, yes. exactly. Yeah. And nothing more or less. Yeah, yeah. Do okay. you think it is legally allowed to punch someone <laughs> if when you ask them for a spot and you're struggling a bit, but you haven't given up yet, you're still fighting the rep, they just rip the fucking thing <laughs> off you. Is rep stealing a crime punishable by the law? There's, there's, <laughs> there's two sides of this. So I come from like a business professional background. I'm like, oh, Don't hurt okay. the clients. Yeah. Gym. You, might, you might not know what you're doing. And I come from a powerlifting background where if you steal my, my rep, <laughs> oh, you die. Yeah. You die. So, yeah, I'm a bit skewed on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's another question. Yes. What if they're big? What if they're big? Oh, yeah. Ooh. Like what if they look like they don't have an excuse? They should know better. Yeah. Good question. You just kind of. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not asking philosophical. I'm not He's got a master's degree. He knows the answers. <laughs> uh, 
I feel like in that case, I think they've been if they've been around enough, they they kind of know. They kind of know. They should know. Yeah. I've had, I've had um well now ex girlfriends in the past that have stolen reps for me and like. Oh, really? <laughs> that's why. No wonder they're ex. That's, yeah. that's why there's an ex girlfriend. Do you get girlfriends to spot you? Well, my last girlfriend was like fairly into training, so oh, but okay. she should have known better. Honestly, yeah, and yeah. steal my fucking rep. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> unforgivable. Is there ever a temptation to walk up to the weight she's squatting and use yeah. it as like curls? Because <laughs> <laughs> I've had that thought. You know what I mean? Some bro science shit. Because I know it's not an audio thing, but Robbie's got some big fucking arms right here, bro. <laughs> like, man's got the bicep vein pumping. You know. I'll ask you another question that's quite similar. When you get clients, or actually if you train with a girlfriend or something like that and, yeah. and she's kind of expecting you to show her around, yeah, is there anything about, because no one actually needs a squat with, sorry, a, a spot with a squat. Yeah. But whenever I see a personal trainer training a woman, yeah. he's always given her a comprehensive <laughs> squ- uh, spot. Yeah, yeah. Is, Getting a bit too handsy on the old does, spot, right? Does that happen a lot with, you know, the, the female clients? Um, I mean, realistically, yeah, there are ways to be a squat and not kind of like molest someone at the same time. Yeah. No, but you're just giving her a spot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Making sure that her safety comes first. Yeah. Yeah. End of the day. Yeah. I think you can. I, can't, I think you can do that in a non-creepy way. Yeah. I've got a question, but I'm not going to ask. I'm going to wait till after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this won't be good. I do have a question. So, when you first getting into gym, a lot of people hear about ectomorphs, endomorph, endomorphs, endomorphs, endomorphs. Yeah. yeah. Do those exist, or are they made up? Yeah. So the old um, soma type. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a great question, man. Yeah. Thank so, you. I. Th- <laughs> I think the soma type thing can be broken down more into whether you're a hard gainer, someone who has like a quick metabolism mm. compared to someone who has a slower metabolism. Yeah. Soma type kind of um, like archetypes you. You might must have seen those diagrams on Instagram. Yeah. Sure. Like, diagrams. You're a mesomorph. Yeah. You just mm-hmm. look at a weight and you put on muscle. Yeah, or you're yeah. an mm-hmm. endomorph and like you eat a grain of rice and you get fat. Um, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't quite work to that degree, but it's more so I'd say nutritionally wise and like how you're gaining weight, what your composition is to your metabolism degree, like how well you can pro- process food. Okay, uh, yeah, that okay. makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Off the back of that, yes. what about rep ranges? Yeah. Are, those, are those a real thing where I, you know, some people yeah. need to do? He actually brought it up earlier. Yeah, so my question was, you always hear gym rats say like, oh yeah, like I, eight reps just doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you know, my body doesn't like that. And mm-hmm. But I also, I've been around enough gym rats to know that they tried it for two weeks and yep. said, I'm bored of this one. I'm going to go back to my old workout. Yeah, yeah. So- are humans built like snowflakes where everyone is unique or are we all kind of similar where like if you do six by, you know, four by six, you're going to get fucking decent chest. Like, like how different have you seen variations there? Like in. So the rep range thing, I'll give the context of hypertrophy. So trying to build muscle, a lot of the kind of latest studies are showing as long as you're in a proximity to failure where you're anywhere from three and as much as like one rep away from failure, it kind of stimulates that same level of growth. So whether you're training somewhere in the two to three, like a typical like power range or anywhere from like the eight to 12 range, you're, if you're still going within that proximity to failure, you're going to get the benefits of the muscle growth. Where it can be kind of beneficial to vary your rep range, if you're using a weight that you're like your three rep max or pretty close to your three rep max, that can be like quite a daunting task to do, right? Yeah. I mean, from the context of a powerlifter, like our sport is lifting one rep on the platform. Like we need to practice that lift, but like it may not be a like 
relatively realistic option for you to always be pushing like a three rep max <laughs> and also to equate that volume like i don't know if you guys have heard like inverted rep schemes so like yep. the pretty typical rep scheme would be like a three by ten you can in theory get that same stimulus by doing a 10 sets of three but also oh, managing actually. yeah and it'll be the same to your the muscle yeah, as long as you're kind of within that same proximity to failure logistics wise doing 10 sets of three you're probably going to be in the squat rack for about three hours yeah, people yeah, just yeah. giving you the stink eye the entire yeah. time like it's fucking <laughs> i, I respect the fuck out of that when people do 10 sets of deadlifts or 10 sets of anything really so i'll give a uh my program two times ago was uh do not use this as a recommendation. I recommend none of your listeners do this one, mm. but this is Russian squat routine. <laughs> this is called, not financial support. The Russian squat routine called Smaller, where you're squatting yeah. four times a week. And I've heard that. I'm literally in the squat rack for about three hours. Your legs would be jelly. Three hours. Wait, it's horrible. Three hours this is a week, Yes. There's three hours just squatting. There's nuns. something about the Russian thing, because there's a Russian pull-up thing as well, yes, where it's yeah, like you do um, Parlev or pa- something? Parlev. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're doing pull-ups every day. And it's... It fucking my pull up game got yeah. way better after doing yeah. it, but sometimes you're like, I'm not working out today, but I'm walking to the gym to do my five pull ups. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's fucking so. You know, cool. you know what? I want to kind of bring this back way more for a beginner because yeah. someone that might be listening to this might have no idea what three by ten means. Mm. Oh, they, they just want to, you know, they're looking at people in magazines. Mm. They think they look good. Mm. I, I mean, mean, standard standard definitions is the first is sets, the second is reps. Sets are the amount of times you do the reps. So a four a five by five is five sets of five reps. Actually, that doesn't help. A four by six is four sets of six reps. Yeah, so you're doing six yeah. reps four times. Well, what what I was going to ask you is what would be obviously the goal matters a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to say what would you recommend, but and we can split it off to two categories. So if you have someone who's like the classic skinny kid who wants to gain a bit of muscle, mm-hmm. and then you have the classic chubby kid who wants to get toned, mm-hmm. what would your recommendation be for both? Toned. <laughs> um, so. I think I'll tie it all back into like getting into the habit. I think it's a really good practice to learn how to track your nutrition. And I mean, it may not be some, I, I try to get all my nutrition clients, whether they are the skinny kid who's trying to get uh, jacked or the, <laughs> the fat kid who's trying to get a bit toned or even like some of my older clients who have just like general health and wellbeing goals yeah. to go through a period of tracking, mm. just having a, period where you're just very cognizant of what you're putting in your body and like quite accurate about it so way my fitness pal my, my fitness pal. pal there we go how, how do you do that if you're living Jeez at up, home bro. <laughs> That's it. if you're living at home yes and say you have an online trainer who yes. tells so you know the advice that you're getting is is decent yep but how do you track if your mom's making meal and you're just you're just having a serving tell, tell your mom you're about that life <laughs> <laughs> your gains yeah mom it was never a phase i'm just a sick guy <laughs> i mean music. i can give you some like simplified nutrition recommendations yeah. and on that you still want to be tracking some kind of metric so if you're not tracking your overall intake whether you're trying to like gain weight so i'll, I'll, I'll go through both kind of archetypes yeah. for that so like the skinny kid trying to gain weight you'll be tracking your weight and also i mean this applies for both of them really you're tracking your weight and you're tracking your body composition and also if you're ideally running this kind of symbolically with a training program yeah. you're tracking your lifts and making sure you're progressing with that in terms of what you can specifically do um the old plate formula so if you're trying to gain weight probably opt for more of your plate to be filled with carbohydrates and a quarter lean serve protein, the rest of that vegetables. Mm. 
if you are someone trying to lose weight, I probably like halve that carbohydrates and then more protein, more vegetables on top of yeah. that. This again is just like a very general recommendation for someone who's getting their food. Of course, for you. as yeah. we said, not nutritional advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, talk uh, since we're on the topic of beginners. What are your thoughts on fat burners, BCAA, BCCAs, BCAAs, yeah, BCAAs. All the little like fancy potions you see at a fucking gym. Everything like a, that isn't whey protein. Yeah, let's yeah. take out whey, casium, like yeah. even pre-workout, let's take out. Yeah. But like, what do you think about the extra shits? I worked or briefly worked for a friend's supplement who established an online supplements company oh, yeah. a little while ago. And I can attest to the fact that, especially when you go into like, I don't know if we have GNC, but whatever. The equivalent, yeah. Bullshit, yeah. yeah, get on the corner store. Because- snake oil salesman you can get. So oh, they're really? going to try and sell you whatever crap they can get. There's, I mean, a good resource if you are interested to whether like you want to kind of check the efficacy of the supplement, examine.com. They go into like a really oh. good breakdown of a lot of supplementation. They're, if there are peer-reviewed studies, they will kind of go into that and see if these supplements are efficacious, whether it realistically works. The thing is, there's not a lot of governing governing bodies limiting yeah. the supplements industry beyond if you're putting like meth into your pre workout, <laughs> and even then it will last a few weeks on the shelf before they pull. Ironically, out, you know? those are the ones you buy when there's, they tell you, "Oh, this is the last time because they got taken out." That's the first thing I'm going for. Good old, like, good old Jack 3D. Right? <laughs> oh, Jack 3D, bro. <laughs> what was it in Jack 3D that made it crazy? Methamphetamine. Well, for those that don't know, Jack DM, 3D DMAA was the kind of chemical derivative that was just from the same family as meth yeah. so it's like meth's younger cousin yes. like an <laughs> yeah. and that was in a pre-workout which yes. people took and then smashed workouts <laughs> that's what ziz took it wasn't it and they start smelling colors and yeah. <laughs> well oh. i feel like pre-workouts don't hit the same as they used to because i remember like taking a pre-workout when you're 17 and your whole body's itching yeah. you know what i mean you feel like you could fight that's because we always took two scoops that's oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Started half a scoop. I'm like, all right, let's double this trick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mama didn't raise no cow. No. <laughs> the way me and James used to do it was so fucking funny. So we would be there. We'd be like, all right, we'll go half a scoop. We haven't done it in a while. So we do half a scoop. And then he would put his first. And then I'd put like three quarters, like a little bit more. And then he'd be like, oh, you dickhead. And then he would put another half in his. So then I'd put half in. My, before you know it, it was two scoops or three scoops. Four scoops, bro. <laughs> you guys are pretty well versed on the like TikTok community. Have you been following the trends of like teenagers dry scooping their pre-workout. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shotgunning yes. it with a monster. That's yeah. like dry, uh, dry scooping. I, what, do you, what is your thoughts on dry scooping? I hate it. I can't do it. So I'll give you like a like quick little scientific rundown of like a lot of the ingredients in pre-workout are kind of activate, literally activated by water. So at the very least, you're kind of negating a lot of the ingredients by dry scooping it. and. You yeah, Baz, you okay, bitch. Okay. Let me explain what dry scooping is because dry scooping, what you do is you put the Swim powder scoop in your mouth. without a condom. <laughs> you put it in your mouth. Like you, you, put the, you dip the scoop into the powder, put it in your mouth and you don't just have it raw, but what you do is you then have water and you swish it in your mouth or you have water already in your mouth. Or if you have monster, if you're not a coward. You know? yeah. <laughs> or you have monster if it's not enough caffeine. I'm yeah. curious also like with, with the use, like a lot of times you maybe turn to the wrong YouTuber, right? Mm. So I want to throw some names at you. And as long as you post them, I want to get your opinion. <laughs> yes. So sure. first, let's go with what we already said. Kino body. What do you think? Do you believe in fasting? Do you believe in the the million? That's the a Bruce whole Wayne other workout? topic. We'll go fasting. We'll, we'll say back, fasting yeah. for later. What Look, do you think? I, I am by no means an expert. I've recently gotten into. I'm not even doing my own research. I listen to um, 
Andrew Huberman. He's quite like big on the topic of fasting at the moment. The like physiological benefits are kind of finding for it. There are a lot of things that you can get benefit out, out of fasting. The shit keno body kind of preaches with it. Probably not that. I mean, it is an approach that can potentially work for some people. There realistically is nothing magical about it. Yeah. Song Kino body, that guy is such a meme, man. <laughs> yeah, oh, he's great. <laughs> okay, and so to wrap that up, yeah. Natty or not, Kino body, what are we thinking? Uh, I reckon I reckon that's like a realistic physique you could attain, actually. I think he's Natty. All yeah. year? That's the question. Because, like, he's pretty. It might just be he takes a lot of photos at once. Mate, have you seen how much Pellegrino sparkles? <laughs> 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 All right, next person. Omar Isaf. Yeah, Omar's definitely a natural physique. It's like a good natural physique. That's something yeah. that you yeah. attained over like a long period of training. Got the ass chest. That's it, the ass chest. That's it. <laughs> what do you What do you think about his training style and like he, techniques? He's definitely a guy I'd recommend for content. It's yeah. like good, solid, science backed information. He's not trying to preach any kind of bullshit. Even the way he trains, it's like something that I'd preach for people to train like. So um, yeah, Omar's really good content. Probably Natty, no offense, Omar. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> All right, here's a controversial one. David Lade. Uh, have you heard of him? I have heard of David Lade. Funnily enough, like I had a YouTube recommendation on a short that was David Lade in natural lighting. It's like stupid <laughs> shit, but like yeah. it's just him in like looking like a mere mortal in like yeah. natural lighting. So it's a regular guy. Like a lot of a lot of that goes into like Instagram and social media. There's like so much smoke and mirrors. One thing with David Lade though um, that is like potentially questionable and also with that whole crew of like when there were 16-year-olds deadlifting 300 yeah. kilos. The new like Ziz slash Jeff side people. Yeah, yeah. That's like quite questionable. So you'd so be like age. on bordering for me, Natty or not. Yeah. yeah. Is it the age that throws it away for you? That they're jacked and 20 years old? Jacked, 20 years old. It's and also 20. just the numbers they're lifting. Yeah. Like it's just... I think he went from like 140 to like one, I don't know, 60 bench yeah. press in like a month. Yeah. It was pretty ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Okay, last one. Probably the hardest one to directly confirm, especially with like the Natty or not, but also the nutritional, like his opinion on things. Right. Jeff Cavalier. Good old Jeff. Athlete oh, He's like oh. so He's been around since the jump. Yeah. People don't know. I think he's trained sports teams and stuff. So he yeah. obviously has some kind of pedigree there. Yeah. But- when you say it, you know, he's like, oh, I don't do bench press because I believe in the uh, fucking one-arm push-up with a yeah. barbell. Like, <laughs> it's just all this. And then like two weeks later, he'd be like, don't one-arm push-up with a barbell, do fucking uh, jumping claps. It's like just, yeah. you know, he's always the funkiest shit. And yeah. I don't know if he's yeah. trying to push content or yeah. if this is good. You know what I mean? So I, I haven't really gotten into Jeff Cavalier's content too much. Um on paper, he's like a really qualified guy. Like yeah. he was a physiotherapist for the Yankees or something like that. So like you see that and you're like, wow, you must know your shit. But then he does tend to spurt like a lot of just crap. And yeah, you're like, yeah. I don't know. He could be up there as like one of the most unethical people really oh, in the fitness oh, industry just reckon? from the fact that he probably does know better than the shit he is saying, yeah. yet he mm. continues to say the shit he's saying because he has that outreach. Yeah. Um, and he needs a video that week. He needs a video. <laughs> okay. Um, Natty yeah. or not, though. Natty or not. He's like 50. He's 50 and he's about negative 2% body. Yeah. Fat. He's been jacked. <laughs> he's always, always shredded. He's always. always shredded. Again, another borderline just from the level of conditioning that you kind of maintain. Yeah. 
Um, and I guess it's your lifestyle. Like that's your body of work almost. But probably leading towards, especially at that age where you get like stuff like testosterone replacement therapy involved. Border on not natty. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think I agree with you, well, to be honest with you. What, what is your... Oh, firstly, are you natty? I'm natty, yes. Okay. What is your... Do you know a lot... Do, like, am I able to ask you some questions about steroids? Yes. So, I, I, I'll disclaim that I probably have like quite a lot of limited knowledge on it, but yeah. I'll do my best. Yeah. Well, I mean, you said before that you're not qualified. I was about to say you are probably the most qualified. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. You're probably the most qualified person to be talking about okay. what we're talking about right here. <laughs> Not just in this audience, but probably in probably Greater Sydney. <laughs> I'm 100% honest. So you've, we've all heard of TRT. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not everyone has, but it's testosterone replacement therapy. But essentially they don't give you more than what you would have had when you're 21, 22. That's what Joe Rogan's on. So it's what allows you to feel young when you're a bit older. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, first and foremost, we'll start off with TRT. We're kind of like the most simple, basic type that people have done for so long now. What are your thoughts on TRT? Or just test in general, like when people take it for... So I think TRT just keeps you feeling the same level, right? Yeah, well, we'll just say at a healthy, say like around a thousand, thousand of whatever the unit is. Oh, a lot of the findings when they kind of look at testosterone depleting with age are a lot of, they can kind of tie it in with a lot of the, not mortality, but the, a lot of kind of negative effects that kind of come with age, like uh, frailty of the bones and just like sarcopenia, muscle loss as you kind of age with that a lot of that tends to get negated with um, just TRT. Um, Andrew Huberman put it really well is that testosterone is something that makes doing hard things fun, enjoyable, good for mm. you to kind of achieve. So like, I don't know if you can like encounter someone with like low TRT, it's like the propensity for depression and stuff like that is actually quite high. So yeah. um, I think it's a good thing. Uh, I won't lie. As soon as my TRT testosterone <laughs> dips, I'm just like calling my doctor. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm with you, bro. 100%. <laughs> is it easy to get in Sydney? I don't actually know. It um, is by a doctor, mm-hmm. but yeah. I think it's not as like readily available as it is. Like they have a lot of clinics in the States and stuff like that. Yeah. They're definitely <laughs> prescribing more than TRT days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I've got a question, right? So as a PT, you obviously deal with a, a plethora of people. Mm-hmm. If you had someone who was openly on steroids, mm-hmm. like just Ooh. juicing to the gills, fucking taking GHG, wait, HGH, sorry, all that kind of shit. Is there any like ethics where you're like, no, I train uh, natural or it's just like fucking like- Fucking nah, I just put seven plates on the bench. <laughs> and like this, bro. <laughs> so would you approach it different? Because a lot of, so like to break it down, and I'm sure you could go into this, like the whole- uh, Protein synthesis lasting 48 hours mm-hmm. is the whole basis around why like push, pull or upper bo- like full body is mm-hmm. better than mm-hmm. fucking bicep day and tricep mm-hmm. day, right? And then like uh, people say at least that when you take steroids, you can extend it. And that's why these guys are yoked while only training chest and mm-hmm. then only training back. Like, would you differ your program for these people? Again, um, just with my knowledge of like performance enhancing drugs, it's pretty much out of my skill set. Again, my understanding is pretty similar to yours. Yeah, that, yeah. Like <laughs> that videos. muscle protein synthesis when you are on steroids tend to be stimulated for a lot longer than when you are not taking steroids. So as you said, like when you're a natural, you're trying to stimulate like mul- um, muscle groups to grow multiple times a week. You can tend to get that stimulus from like the one training session a week. Um, in terms of how I'd specifically program on the split itself, that's a that's an interesting one because you can probably there are still a lot of steroid users who'd get away with doing like yeah. different splits, like push pull legs and that sort of stuff. 
one of the considerations you have to think of is something that I actually do know is the propensity for um, like people on performance enhancing drugs to tear tendons and tear ligaments yeah. just because the growth that you get from your muscles is often not matched from your ligaments as well. So uh, <laughs> on that, what Callum, did you think Callum of the Larry Wills video? That guy's a... <laughs> or I don't know if you know Callum Von Moga. Yes, I know Callum. Just literally, he was just abseiling and his ligament gave out and you he see him, tore his um, bicep. Do a hundred kilo bicep curl with um, Chris Bumstead. That was the like. Jeez. That was the tr- that was the moment you saw the trajectory of Callum Von Moga's life <laughs> yeah. just change from that. He was going to become the Australian Bradley Martin, That's but it. then all of a sudden <laughs> things went different. Well, um, okay. Speaking of steroids, a lot of young people are getting into Psalms. Do you know much about Psalms? Oh, and that's the problem, man. Like, um, does anyone know much about Psalms? <laughs> I even, don't think anyone does. I'm not advising anyone on the any of your listeners to get on performance enhancing drugs. But the one thing I will say is that people know a lot more about conventional steroids than they do Psalms. Yeah. The marketing, the selling point for Psalms was that it's steroids without the side effects. No one, no one knows that. No one knows that. They've yeah. done like no long-term research. It's just like research chemicals at this point in time. Mm. So. It's, do you know what it is? Therefore, it's animal. literally like gym supplements, except they actually work. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all the fucking bullshit potion that they can talk together, but mm. like it actually gives you a result. Mm. And so it's just so unregulated, eh? Mm. Like, Was it made for the gym, Psalms, or were they made for something else? No, they're for animals. Started, they're animal for animals. Usage, I think. They're for rats. The same as, okay. They're for rats. They're for rats. For rats. <laughs> gym rats. Gym rats. We go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so your take, just to reiterate, supplements mostly bullshit. Mm-hmm. What what supplements do you take actually? Uh, so at the moment, it's probably health supplements. Actually, I do take a whey protein. I think a whey protein is always a good one to take um, after your workout or just every morning. Or what do you? Honestly, or- I take it just. I look at it even when I'm prescribing for nutrition clients. Like, there's a big kind of misnomer with protein that. Like it's a supplement. Whey protein is that first uh, bag that your mum finds in your room when you yeah. first leave. Like, oh. My son's on steroids. <laughs> Bro, you should have seen my mum's reaction when I brought some whey protein home. I had to keep it in my school locker because yeah. I couldn't tell her. She was, she was freaking the fuck out that yeah. I was going to get side effects and that I was going to grow nipples and this and that. I'm like, grow nipples. <laughs> it's a bit of protein. Come on. Yeah. Um, I think you look at protein as literally just a way to supplement your protein intake because yeah. – um, realistically like the idea that the government give is not like a realistic expectation of people who lift weights let alone just like the average population need to kind of increase their protein intake so um i take it as out of convenience i don't think there's necessary like a good or bad to take it if it kind of lines up with your schedule that you take a scoop of protein after you work out great i don't think there's anything magical about that um other things that i do take is a fish oil omega-3 supplement just because i don't have a huge intake of fish in my diet um if you do like you're eating some kind of fatty fish two three times a week then there's no necessity for it other than that it's probably a good idea to take um i'm gonna buy one (laughs) don't eat fish (laughs) vitamin d we're not on video but um the co-host can see i'm a dark sri lankan (laughs) (laughs) have a bit of trouble with my pigmentation vitamin d absorption but even just everybody in general i think it's advisable if you can get your blood work done see what you are deficient in see what you kind of should be taking rather than just blindly taking any Mm. sort of um vitamins on that uh in terms of like something that's directed to performance i've had uh i've had periods of taking creatine um on creatine it's i think you had a user question on creatine specifically uh it's 
use as fuel for muscle contraction, some cognitive function they've found as well. Oh, really? We produce it in our liver and kidneys. The problem is when we're trying to use it to fuel anaerobic exercise, i.e. lifting weights, you need something from the 5 to 10 gram mark. Our body produces about a gram at most and to get it through any sort of dietary intervention, you have to eat half a cow a day. That's where Jeez. supplementation from it would come in handy. Yeah. Misnomer with like creatine, not even just creatine, when they kind of cite a study for a new magical supplement that's coming in is that not just in the research lab, when a person is using, so say like take you guys, like when you bought your pre-workout or your, your creatine for the first time, you'd set up an environment where it's super conducive to getting gains, right? Like your training's on point, your eating's mm. on point, you're recovering well. You're like, oh fuck, this creatine's magical. Like you don't realistically oh. know, like it's hard to be like numerical yeah. about the creatine gave me a 10 kilogram increase on my bench press. But however, having said that, it is a very well-researched supplement. At worst, you're not going to get anything from it. At best, you will kind of get some gains yeah. from it. Because I, I do remember every time I've gotten on creatine and I've gotten on it and I always do the preloading thing where you take, what is it? You take five, Saturate, scoop, yeah, yeah, you take five screen, scoops yeah. of it every single, oh, every day. Yeah. So you do 25 grams every day. And then on the fifth day, you're now able to do it. Because if you do the normal dosage, which is five grams a day, it takes 30 days for you to kick in. Uh, you preload it and you take five times the regular dosage, it only takes five days to kick in. So what I'd say on that is that it's not a supplement that works acutely. Like you'll likely not have a point where you're just like, wow, the creatine's kind of kicking <laughs> yeah. in. It's more so, as you said, a supplement that you take that's saturated in your bloodstream and kind of works over a progressive timeline. Research kind of shows that you don't really need to cycle on and off for it. You can do the loading phase like Baz said, but if you're taking over like an extended period of time, it's going to be loaded into your body either way. So, yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. why like when you're looking at pre-workouts and they're advertising, you know, creatine, beta, albanine or whatever Albanine, the fuck. Yep. That, yeah, that yep. one. All this shit like a lot of the times the stuff that they're giving you inside that is not enough to substitute you just taking creatine every day. So you having creatine three times a week in your fucking protein shake mm -hmm. or your your uh, pre-workout, pre -workout, it's not going to do anything unless you're actually taking it every day. Yeah, I'd say just like a protein shake, if you are taking creatine, try it, make it habitual. Like yeah. mm. after my workout, I have a protein shake, I have my scoop of creatine in it because that's something you do want to be taking consistently to get the benefits from. I've got a question to judge your character. <laughs> what flavor protein do you buy? <laughs> uh, I'm on a bit of a run of, I think it's a mocha flavored. Oh, really? Oh, that'd be pretty good. I've never yeah. had mocha protein. Okay. It's, look, I get the feeling it's just the protein company has spilt a barrel of coffee protein and <laughs> chocolate protein, yeah. but I'll buy it. It's yeah, yeah, for yeah. me. So does it make a difference if you have protein within half an hour of your workout? Yeah, the good old catabolic. <laughs> yes, they um, they found that is actually true to an extent. Like you have a period of stimulating a hormone in your body called mTOR that stimulates that process of muscle protein synthesis, which is essentially, which is essentially training breaks down your muscle, reintroducing nutrients, i.e. protein into your body is what kind of builds it up. Um, that period 
initially, I mean, I don't know if you guys, when you first got into the gym, you thought it was like that half an hour window, yeah. like out of the gym. Yeah. Like I'm going to lose all my gains yeah. if yeah, I don't yeah, drink yeah, it right sure. now. I'd literally like finish a workout and have forgotten my protein shake and I'm like, oh, this is bullshit. This yeah, is what a waste of this workout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last two hours. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they've kind of found that window is more like a 24 to 48 hour. Period. Oh, jeez. Oh, damn. Yeah. So um, the necessity to slam your protein shake straight after your workout isn't often there. In fact, in terms of like the digestibility of food, the two nervous state systems you can kind of be in is sympathetic and parasympathetic. Sympathetic nervous state system is when you're kind of like hyped up, flight or flight, it's kind of nervous state system. It's actually quite hard for you to be digesting nutrients in that phase. So right. it might be a better idea to even like wait an hour, kind of chill out after yeah. your um, after your session then have okay. like a meal or have a protein shake. But it is better to have it after rather than before. Again, it doesn't matter. If you're yeah. kind of, if your overall protein intake is good during yeah. the day, I'd still want to have some kind of protein feeding after your workout. Yeah, definitely. Mm. But it, there's not like a huge necessity to have like this amount of protein right after you train or anything like that. Okay, cool. Would you say it's more or less important to have carbs after your workout or protein? So... It kind of depends on what the training you're doing is. 100%. A lot of um, – so realistically on the spectrum of training, the training that a lot of bros are doing in the gym, it's not really that hard. It's not really that yeah. glycolytically demanding. You're not using that many carbohydrates. You're doing three sets of 10 curls in the gym. You're, you're, yeah. you're training. Yeah. It's okay. Um, <laughs> you're <laughs> it's true. It's definitely true. Sorry for attacking anybody. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel personally attacked. <laughs> um, Glycogen is your immediate kind of source for those like hard muscle contractions. That gets depleted to a degree after you train, but not to the one where you're kind of needing to refuel immediately. Having said that though, it's not going to be a bad idea just in terms of like aiding recovery to be eating your carbohydrates after your, um, after your training. Also, if you're in a period of like dieting or you're just trying to limit your carbohydrates, eating that around your training windows so like pre and post workout can potentially allow you to kind of just utilize those nutrients a lot better. I've noticed that a lot with, I do a bit of boxing training and when you're doing eight rounds on the bag and at the end of it, you're feeling like fucking faint, like having carbs so it quickly gets into your system as opposed to like trying to munch down on some fucking foul protein. Funnily enough, I had a first training someone, um, I think it was last week, he went uh, hypoglycemic. So oh, just um, absolute drop in blood sugar. He was like midway doing a goblet squat and just put it down and had to sit on the floor for the entire Jeez. session. Oh, no. <laughs> so I'm just like, give him a protein bar, eat some sugar and yeah, he's good to go. <laughs> it's, oh, funny. Wow. it's funny how the bloke brain works, especially the gym rat brain, because there was a period of time where I was training like heavy squats, like quite, quite consistently. And there was a period for like a month where after my final set of squats, I would just be feeling a bit faint and have to hold the bar for a second. Yeah. And I didn't go to a doctor. <laughs> like, fuck that. I'm just going to go home to bench tomorrow. You know what I mean? <laughs> just continue going like, yeah, yeah I just exactly. to, I ignored it. Yeah. Right, anyway, boys, so we, we do have, um, we have a bunch of questions from the discord, but I've actually got a question for you first because yes. we went completely off, off stray when, I, when we were talking about this before, but we were talking about what you would recommend for a skinny guy and then a chubby guy. Yeah. And you talked about the nutrition part, but you didn't talk about the workout part. Mm-hmm. So I want to kind of hear what your suggestions would be if they're oh. even different at the two, but I want to hear your suggestions for either. Just quickly. One, I want to get a beer, but two, we don't want to like, you don't want to give away your training programs. Otherwise, oh, no, yeah. it's fine. Is that cool? Just give general information. Yeah, anyway, yeah, so that's no problem. Two is we'll just pull. Yeah. yeah, so in terms of the training, 
you generally don't want to differ too much what you're doing from person to person. Um, both trying to essentially achieve the same goal, kind of achieve muscle growth. If, I mean, if that is your goal, but you, the training doesn't differ too much, especially with the strength training, you want to have that directed with building muscle, building strength, not trying to use your strength training as like a cardio workout to be burning calories. Mm. In terms yeah. of the like specifics of what you do, it's kind of hard for me to like outline like a whole training program over yeah like just sure. over things um and gives like some resources um I don't know if you guys are familiar with someone like Jeff Nippard oh yeah, 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 he, yeah. he has a, he's like got a really good beginners training program that like I probably highly recommend someone who's just getting to the gym um, what what about in terms of rep ranges what what would you like how many reps how many sets would you stick to compounds? Would you do isolations? Like, what what would you recommend? In terms Compound of is when you have more than one muscle group involved. Isolation is one muscle group. Yeah. So we're dealing with newbies here, so we got to yeah. make sure. Yeah. So <laughs> simplify it. Just pick like three, four compound movements that you can kind of base your training days around. So I'm a powerlifter. I'm going to pick squat, bench, deadlift. Yeah. Uh, train them accordingly on those days and try to get stronger across a variety of rep ranges. And give you like a very simple structure of a breakdown of a program that I would use yep. over like a 12 week block for like the first th- four weeks. I'd be doing like sets of 10, reduced out to eight, six, and four, and try to kind of achieve like I think the I think we might have been touching, might have touched on that or going into touching on that like progressive overload. Yeah, I'm kind of touching that a bit more, but just try to essentially get a bit stronger, get a bit better each time that you're doing the workouts. And if you want a more detailed overview, go to the first link in the bio and firefucker program cunts. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's the, that's the way you're going to see the best results at the end of the day. You know, you find someone, you tell them what your goals are. Yeah, and they'll. Or come to a great gym like a spire strength and conditioning. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, Where's I that think located again? North Sydney? It's North Sydney. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've heard of that one. Right by the train station, isn't it? There you go. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. All right, guys. So we have some questions from the Discord. So I want to run through them and get your your topic on, your thoughts on them. So the first one here, it's how do I do a proper push-up? Please help. A lot of no, no, because he says the way he does it, mm-hmm. people laugh at him at school and he doesn't know why. Because he's, he's yeah. <laughs> what do you think about the push-ups where people have their their it's like chicken winged out like right. this? I don't. That's well, oh, how, how, how do you do a, how do you do a proper push-up? We low key allowed to ask the the question asker for a video of the push-up. I'm not coming. <laughs> yeah, I kind of want to see it. As well. <laughs> I would love to see the issue. Is I, the <laughs> issue is we might join the people at school and just laugh at the form. You know, yeah. <laughs> that oh, might it, be bullying. I just realized it's common. Is it common? So oh. it's, actually, it's a female. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'll break it down into like your arm placement and your kind of how you're bracing through your core. Yeah. Arm placement, I mean, you guys can see it, but you don't want to be kind of, as you said, chicken winged yeah, out the like side, like degrees out. straight out. You kind of, want, kind of want to be somewhere that's halfway in between, 45 degrees out. Oh, Maybe okay. like where on your body would your hands be yeah. represented? So like, would your hands be at your shoulder height or your chest height? Like So... I mean, I guess in relation to how I am now, chest height, yeah. somewhere like that. Uh, kind of unknown one is that, that shoulder blade positioning. What you want to be doing is as you're finishing the push-up or as you have your arms extended, arms locked out, think about reaching through your shoulder blades or essentially you guys can kind of see what I'm doing, pushing your shoulders yeah. forward. Then in that bottom position of the push-up as you're lowering yourself, keep your elbows semi-tucked so they're not kind of going straight along the body but just still staying in that flared position and you're allowing your shoulder blades to come together in that bottom position. Yeah. That makes sense. Yep. In terms of how you're kind of bracing through your core, a good indicator of where you have, if 
a good indicator, sorry, for you to maintain like a neutral spine position, just squeeze your butt. That's going to kind of set your hips okay. in a good neutral position. Try and keep that position held the whole time that you're doing the push-up. Great tip. Great it is tip. one of those things where if you start establishing mind-muscle connection from like a young start, like a young age in your gym career, mm-hmm. you like won't even consciously do it when you're like older, but you're still maintaining that form. Oh yeah, for sure. But it's like, yeah, if you go at the start by trying to squeeze your ass, like <laughs> not with your hands. Yeah. <laughs> by the end, like get someone to squeeze it for you. Yeah, no, you can have a friend, like it's <laughs> fine. How, but how can I do a push up? I'm squeezing my ass. Next question. So DM us questions, yeah. of, uh, DM us pictures of you squeezing your ass. Well, 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 no, 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 I'm talking about the guys. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Crab King, can you please ask him if there are any if you have had any clients that have tried to sexualize the workouts? Because my dad used to be a personal trainer and he said that the MILFs would try to sexualize everything. So I'll give a story about without incriminating yourself. Yeah, I'm not gonna or name breaking drop. someone's marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna name drop anyone, but I'll give you one that was um I wasn't actually training her. This was the prior owner of the gym, and he he was a what would I call him? Amateur massage therapist. Oh, <laughs> yeah. um, so he'd do these kind of foam rolling, stretching routines over a foam roller. <laughs> this w- woman sounded like she was enjoying it a bit too much. She yeah. was kind of making these orgasmic screams. I don't think we've even book? explained this. Uh, Ravi is Chris's PT. <laughs> That's yeah. how yeah. Ravi <laughs> All right, yeah, so, so that's- um, So, yeah- uh, I don't know if she was like trying to sexualize it or really just enjoying herself at the time. Yeah. But and he I was just stretching her like out. <laughs> What's that? And he was just stretching her out. He was just stretching her out. <laughs> I mean, that's one way to say it. Yeah, that's one way. <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember that, right? <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh my God. All right, so the next question from Steve. How do you stay motivated while working out? Because I just get bored when I keep going. Oh, especially, great question. Especially when I'm alone. So uh, what I do is lock myself in a room and just binge watch four hours of David Goggins videos. <laughs> dry skip some creatine yeah. and just run out the door. <laughs> Who's going to carry the boats? Nah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what you got to realize along the line, um, ju- along the scope of your fitness journey is that motivation ultimately is a fleeting resources. You're going to have like periods that you are really, really motivated, yeah. but realistically there are going to be periods where the gym is like the last place you're going to be. You're going to have life stresses. When going you get in the relationship, Hundred percent, man. Yeah, <laughs> right. so true. Yeah. <laughs> Get a girlfriend who likes the gym. <laughs> also, try different types of fitness in it because, like, you're you like go powerlifting and stuff like that. Yeah. And there's some people who do bodybuilding, the aesthetics movement. I don't know if that's yeah. a style of gym, but yeah, there's that as well. You know, R.I.P.s. Right? Right? Is yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, yeah, try different things because yeah. like one thing might not be your recommendations. Jam. I'd give uh, accountability is like a really big one. Um, like find someone? Yeah, fi- find someone. doesn't have to be getting coach. If you do get a coach, I know a really good one, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, even if you're just talking about it with your mates, like if they're your good mates, they're going to kind of support you along yeah. this journey. So just having someone hold you a bit accountable, like, hey, man, have you hit your gym sessions today? Um, on top of that, build it into your routine. Like just make it habitual. Um, I was talking to Chris the other day about like how it's kind of fallen in and out of his routine. But like I'm really impressed that, he works like a really hectic office job. I'm sure you guys do too, but oh, without fail, he's going past the gym. It's yeah. just something that he does, whether he's kind of done. in the mode of it of doing it or not. It's just 
part of your day that you do it. So, um, yeah, those are my two big tips, accountability and just build it into your routine. Yeah. I would Love also it. say powerlifting, to your credit, is probably the best place to start, Jim, because mm-hmm. you focus on the core. Yep. So, like, you'll learn how to do bench and shit. Yep. And even if you do it for six months to a year, something like that, yep. you'll develop a really good form for the key movements. Mm-hmm. You'll have a lot of strength. So, like, if you want to do bodybuilding now, suddenly you can do 90 for eight rather yep. than fucking you know, 20. But uh, it also is very incremental. So you've got the you've got that weight to motivate you. Mm-hmm. You're almost like, no, I've got to hit 95 this week. Whereas if it's like pure muscle, you're not going to see anything for a few months. And like, it's hard to tell, is this lighting, is this a pump, you know? It goes a bit both ways with that because um, you get to a point where you power lifted enough that like chasing the numbers just becomes a bit neurotic. But yeah, yeah it definitely yeah, can sure. be you like- You go insane when you don't hit your lift. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was about to say on the motivation part, Steve, I'm not going to lie, bro. Sometimes you just need to fucking do it. Yeah. You don't, don't just go when you're fucking motivated. Just if you need to go today, go. Yeah. Find a time and don't have it like, oh yeah, so I go to school and then, oh yeah, I'll go to gym. Have it like, like school isn't an option. You have to go to school when you're in yeah. high school. Yeah. Have it so gym is the same way. So if someone says, oh, do you want to hang out at six? It's like, ah, I can't at six, but I can do it at 6.30. Like, cause gym is just built into your life because yeah. bro, if you just, do that. Honestly, David Goggins is that shit. Exactly. Honestly, you I was to about do to say. That shit, just do it. What's, uh, what's some big Brandon Carter? Do you know who? Yeah. Oh, you do. Oh, so, he's an old school guy. Me and guy. were on that joint where we were putting fucking 20 tea bags into boiling water <laughs> and shit in the fridge, bro. So, so Big Brandon Carter has this thing where he puts green tea and he talks about that as much as, uh, what's his name? Keto Body talks about sparkling water. Yeah. Right, right. Where green tea is, is his thing. Yeah. And so that's like the key to losing fat, drinking lots of green tea. <laughs> so yeah. we were literally putting 20 tea bags in a fucking cup. <laughs> and we were like drinking it cold, drinking it anything. Oh, cold green tea. <laughs> Didn't work. <laughs> Alright, we got another question from Unmasked, and this is a really simple question, but it got a shit ton of reactions, okay. which shows that how simple the questions are going to be that we're going to get. Right. I'm about to start at a gym. What are the things that I should start to work out? Looking to gain muscle, not lose weight. Mm. Simple Chest question, up. but like the, it's very multifaceted. Um, I think I'll tie it back into the kind of recommendation I gave for a beginner is that. I think I'll go right back to the start of when you're starting your fitness journey is learn how to lift, learn how to lift safely, Mm. Um, whether that involves getting a coach or trainer. There are a lot of good YouTube tutorials as well. Do you you know a good trainer in, in Sydney? That again? Do you know a good trainer? I do. Have you heard this gym Aspire Strength and Conditioning? I actually have heard of that. I have have heard (laughs) of Aspire Strength and uh, beautiful. Got it. Yeah. Good plug, boys. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So learn the foundational movements. I can break that down into like simplifying squat, bench press, overhead press, something like a pull-up. Yeah, stick to those ones to start. Learn how to do them correctly. If you're not going to get a trainer, find like a YouTube tutorial, but something that can make you like confident that you're competent in doing these things. Yep. Get on a training program. Um, I gave that recommendation of the Jeff Nippard one. A uh, little little hack you guys can use is um, Reddit powerlifting. It yeah. gives you a lot of access oh, to okay. a good amount of um, programs on that. Okay. Stuff like uh, Starting Strength, a fairly good resource. Yes. Um, Mad Cows 5x5. Five five. Um, just any program. Um, a lot of those are quite simplified because all you're doing is inputting the number of like a rough estimate of what you think you're going to be lifting and it just kind of goes through there. They're geared towards beginners. And... Um, stick to your program, um, allow it to do its work. Um, don't ego lift and kind of get into what that is. <laughs> yeah, in a bit, but yeah, um, yeah um, so stick to your program because it's designed, it's been tried and true. It's going to last if you kind of 
stick with it. This is a rhetorical question, yes. but I think people need to hear it from an actual fitness expert. Yeah. When you're just starting the gym, yeah. do you need to be doing the fucking sideways bench press where you're pushing across the body, uh, like the curls where you're going, like rack pulls, like should you be doing the kind of goofy mo- movements, which might be good, you know, when you've stalled like, you know, five years in. Yeah. At the start, should you be doing that or should you be sticking to basic, you know, There's leg thrusts and leg, leg back butt movements. Yeah. Yeah. Depends. Did Keno body tell us? To do that? <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> no, realistically, you're gonna progress like a really long way by just sticking to getting competent and getting strong at those foundational basic strength movements. They'll carry you a long way. I mean, I'm someone who's been training for coming on ten years now, and my training is just like based predominantly around those movements. I'm sure you guys are the same. Yeah. So yeah, just get really good at doing those. But as an I've so, spoken, like. Every beginner should probably start at least six months of five by five. Mm-hmm. Like well, just do the basics. Mm-hmm. Just, so just to summarize, would your would your advice kind of be like, okay, there's no one right answer, but find a program and stick to it. Find a program and stick to it. All right. So yes. don't overthink it. Find a program, stick to it. Yes. All right. Don't well, give it two weeks. <laughs> the next question, and actually the last question on the Discord that I found of the fucking good questions. By the way, you guys ask a lot of dumb questions. Yeah. <laughs> on just the Instagram fucking, as just well. Just saying, boys. You Can you give of- one example of a dumb question? Um... Guys, a savage, damn. Yeah. <laughs> no, you got to see some of these quiet. The Instagram was the same. Fuck can, me. Can you please ask him how many times does he suck dick? <laughs> <laughs> that honestly, not that. That one isn't that bad of a question. Now, look, do we all want to know the answer? Sure, but it doesn't mean you ask. <laughs> yeah. So the, the last question. Sorry, what are you about to say? Tune into Milk Bucket Only fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At 100k, that's what we promised. <laughs> all right. So the last question is: What's the? How many times should I be going to the gym? Per Ooh, week. That's a good question. Per yeah. week, per month. It, let's let's month. clarify if you're training the person. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like, because obviously there's no direct right answer, but if yep. you're saying like the average person, what would you recommend to them? Let's they say have, like they a have freestyle all the time where, oh, let, that most people don't have all the time in the world. I think the people, our audience do. Sure. Okay, fuck it. <laughs> I can give two answers to that. Something that's optimal is prob- and realistic for a beginner is three to four times a week just because it's quite manageable, especially if you're coming into training for the first time. You're going to be dealing with a lot of soreness and fatigue. Yeah. Like, I mean, you guys can probably attest to the you fact the first time you've trained your legs. Doms. Yeah, you feel like, what what the fuck has happened yeah. right yeah. now? Yeah. Um, three or four is like probably an optimal good amount. Like most training programs will kind of have an option for that. Um, realistic answer is something that you can stick to over a long time. So... If you're in a state of like super motivation, you're like, I'm going to train five times a week, commit to four times and commit to that, um, stick to that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. So if you're doing three to four times a week, that means that you're, I'm just going to assume here that you're not really into the bro split. Yeah. You're not into having a chest day and then a shoulder day and then a leg Are day. Are you telling me you don't train ice, uh, triceps by themselves? Is that what you're trying <laughs> to insinuate, Ravi? So because I, I might have to take away your credentials. <laughs> <if> you're <laughs> so so you're, I, I assume you're more into the, like you, when you join a couple of things. So what, I mean, what are your thoughts on push-pull legs or upper-lower or stuff like that? Yeah, or so the kind of like the, the big arguments over split, the contentious thing, like push-pull legs and stuff like that. Um, I think you how you have to look at it is how you're equating and breaking down the weekly volume that you're doing across a muscle group. I'll give you an example. So say you're doing 15 sets of chest work in a work um, across your training session. Um, 
if you are doing something like a bro split or you got a chest and triceps day, you're doing 15 sets of chest work in that one day. Yep. The disadvantage comes with that where if you're doing 15 sets of chest work in the one session, the likelihood mm-hmm. that your quality of reps, the weight that you're using is going to degrade across the course that you're doing it. Yeah. The advantage of doing something like a push-pull leg split or even like a full body, you're breaking down that volume across like multiple days. So the things you need to look at, the things we talked about before is that, that proximity to failure, but other considerations like hypertrophy is literally the weight that you're using, right? So say I'm training, I'm bench pressing three times a week or I'm bench pressing one times a week for that 15 sets. Don't bench press 15 sets in the one workout, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if I'm doing five sets across three sessions, I'm going to manage a lot more weight, a lot more volume. I'm going to be a lot more recovered compared to when I'm doing it just in the one session. So yep. that's where the advantage of like a push-pull leg split will come in. Can, can you explain? Because like they might not understand the law of diminishing returns with gym, like how, you know, if you do 15 sets, the 15th set is not the same as the first set. Mm-hmm. Like, do, do you see that a lot? Do you see that misconception a lot that like they think every work you do is equal to the, the first set, so to speak? I don't know if that makes sense. And, and, and sorry to interrupt here, yeah. your train of thought, but I actually, I think I would actually disagree. I think that fourth set that takes you to the, to the final peak might actually be more helpful than the first three. It might be like mentally, but in terms of if, muscle. As in like that, if that's what, if you're doing a set to failure and your plan takes you to failure, then if you didn't do that last set, which completely exhausted you, then the first three just, you wouldn't have got, you would have gotten 70% of the results. And if you, if you'd done that last set. That's only if you don't, if well, you're not training in the rep range where you're one or two reps away from failure. Like I want really to hear your thoughts on either. It's hard to give a specific answer like that without like context of this um, specific situation. Yep. What I will say, just my kind of overall takeaway of that is you don't get stronger from the work you do. You get stronger from the work that you adapt to. So say from that one last set, it takes you a little extra time to recover from. You may not have hit that extra set of chest or whatever you're training in that week oh. time. You haven't got stronger from that, right? Okay, so so it's all about are you going to continue the rest of your program? Exactly. It's not it's not about that exercise. It's about the whole. It's about the week. Yes. It's about the month. This ties perfectly into the first Instagram question, which is, what is the difference between progressive overload and ego lifting? Okay, so progressive overload is pretty simple to define. It's a method of strength training where incrementally over the course of the program you're increasing the stressor. conventional wisdom is that you're putting more weight on the bar right but progressive overload can come in the form of increasing the reps increasing the sets duration yeah duration rest time um, moderating the tempo that you're doing lift increasing the stress that you're placing upon your body right um ego lifting is when you're doing something might be in your means might be out of your means (laughs) just for the sake of doing it. that's when the hot girl or hot guy comes into the gym and you're like you've got 100 kilos on your program for squats and you're like you know what i'm doing 120 today <laughs> <laughs> it's where you see the guy with the like 120 degree arch on his bench press doing like one inch down and going up and, and down and don't, don't head on powerlifters <laughs> like that. well actually here's here's something that you guys might not have noticed but something that's really important his program says what weight you must be lifting and that's very important for beginners. Really? You have you have a lot of workouts where you go to bodybuilding.com and it'll just tell you do three sets of 12, do three sets of five, and then do curls afterwards. But I assume you're talking about a powerlifting program, which has the weight that you should be doing. And it'll tell you in 12 weeks what you're going to be benching. And people don't realize this. Like me and Baz definitely had this. I'm sure you've had this over the time just through like gym lifting before you actually became a PT. Like a lot of times when you're kind of, 
the gym master to your young gym rat, you'll see them doing a weight and you're like, fuck off, do put 10 kilos more on that because you're not doing the full thing. And then they do it and they're like, oh, I can do that because mm-hmm. they're not actually going to their full potential. Mm-hmm. And so when you see someone who's doing three by 10 when they're first starting off, they think that this is hard. Baz did it for me. Baz is my fucking gym sensei, mm-hmm. master splinter. And he's like, nah, <laughs> fuck this 35 kilo bench and dickhead. We're putting 45 on right. I'm like, oh, I can do this. And it's way harder. It. And, and, and yeah, exactly. But like, yeah, the, the importance of actually knowing some kind of weight range to go for is, is Yeah, really it definitely high. can help to have someone like kick your butt a little bit when you're first sticking out. Um, in terms of how I program, actually, it's... I don't know if you guys have heard this getting a bit more advanced powerlifting terminology, but even how I'd program for like a general population client is using a system called RPE. So that's rate of perceived exertion. So say you're working up to a set of squats where you're working up to a RPE eight set. That means you'll have about, this is perceived exertion. So you feel like you've worked up to a set where you have two reps left in the tank. The advantage of this and how I've like transitioned my programming from specific weights and percentages compared to using RPE now is that, especially with general population clients, they're not living in the gym, right? Like they've got lives, they've got relationships, yeah. they've got work to do. So they might come into the gym feeling fucking fantastic and they might come into the gym feeling like absolute shit. Mm. Doing something like as simple as asking, hey, did that feel heavy? Did that feel hard or did that feel pretty good? Um, that goes a long way. So um, it's... Good and bad for powerlifters. So, like, yep. I've found when programming for myself, uh, I'm not a good judge, like, subjectively of, like, how heavy of weight feels. Like, I can almost die under a squat and, like, yeah, I've got three more, man. <laughs> um, so, there's definitely, like, applications of it, but that's generally how I'll go about programming now. So, now you're an RP fan, not... um. So like, so for example, are you familiar with uh, Stronglift 5x5? Yes. Yeah. So you just plug in whatever you're doing and it'll tell you exactly what to do for the next six months. So I I like that for like a beginner because it can be hard for them to conceptualize like something like RPE. Um, I definitely recommend like your listeners who are kind of newer into lifting, kind of go out, learn about RPE. And even if you are following a program like Stronglifts, get versed in kind of being in touch with your body, how the weight's feeling and like kind of get in tune with using that system. Like even if it's got prescribed weight for you to hit on that five by five, say like, oh, I feel like that was like at a six, like I could have done four more reps on that set and just track that because that's always a good skill set to have on your lifting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, One of the ones it said, is diet more important than workout while uh, bulking? Mm -hmm. But I'll add that to bulking slash cutting. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think we all know the answer like here, but yeah. So in the, it's an interesting question because like you could, like a complete noob could probably start training without any taking any sort of like specific nutritional intervention and they'd probably get some kind of results from that. Um, so from that sense, training would probably, if the goal is building muscle, be more important you're obviously going to hit a point of diminishing returns with that where you do need to introduce some kind of yeah. nutritional intervention with it um if you're bulking for the sake of bulking like you just want to be a thick boy um <laughs> <laughs> i probably just go eat what you want you know but um yeah the training is going to kind of dictate where that composition that you're gaining weight is coming from so, so it sounds like i mean most people would say your training is, is not as important as your, your nutrition but mm. it's, it's really interesting to hear that you actually it sounds like you're saying they're both very important, 
But if your training is not on point, then you're not going to make gains. Why, why don't we refine the point? Okay, actually, yeah, answer that question first. Sorry. I'll... What was it? Like, what was it? Yeah. So, so it kind of sounds like what you're saying is that both are very important. Yeah. But if you're trying to make gains, yeah. then if your training's not on point, then it doesn't matter how much protein you're going to eat. You're not going to, you're not going to build muscle by just so saying that. From the context of a beginner, you can basically like look at, what, at a weight and you're going to make gains. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. you could be on the shittest program. You can program. do one bicep flex in the mirror. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So from that sense, you can have very un, on point training and make good gains with it. Especially if you're tying that in with like, as you said, like good nutritional practices, you'll probably go a long way. Um, yeah. From that sense, like any training will kind of go like a really long way. So I want to refine the question a bit rather than good diet. Mm. What if we say caloric intake? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people think I'm in the gym two hours a day, I should be cutting. Mm-hmm. Or I'm in the t- gym two hours a day, I should be getting heaps of muscle mass, mm-hmm. but they're not eating enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what do you think, what role does caloric in- intake, so like the amount of food or energy you consume play in bodybuilding? I mean- so Or just strength, like gym in general. Yeah, um, I'll use the term energy balance. So when I say energy balance, that's just referring to if you're in a balanced state of energy, your caloric intake is the same as what you're expending. Your weight's going to stay neutral the whole time. So in terms of dictating your weight and muscle gain, fat loss, energy balance is everything. So you either want to be in a state of deficit where you're eating less calories than you're actually exerting to be in a deficit and vice versa when you're bulking. You have to be eating more than you're. But Ravi, the gym wizard at my gym told me that when I go keto, I burn fat overnight, even if I'm only eating 17 steaks a day. Are you telling me it's all down to calorie input input and output? Look, he's not, if you're being like strictly speaking, he's not actually wrong. So when when you're on a ketogenic diet, the fuel source that you're utilizing is fat. The misnomer comes in is that you're smashing like a coffee with like half a stick of butter in it. So you're not yeah. burning body fat off you. You're burning the body fat that you drank. In yeah. a sense that that's your immediate energy source. So it's not strictly wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so just that at the end of the day, like the conservation of energy exists. So you still have to burn more calories. It doesn't matter what still you're doing. Yeah. So, so with keto, vegan, anything, at the end of the day, does it just matter about calories in versus calorie out? I mean, or is there exceptions? I might piss off a lot of nutritionists, but <laughs> I'm like a big kind of proponent of what you can stick to is going to go a long way. Um, I mean, I have a few things to say about stuff like carnivore and vegan (laughs) to an extent. Vegan's okay, but like carnivore. What do you have to say about carnivore? I was actually just watching that Joe Rogan video where he was talking about his results. Suck. And I was thinking about doing carnivore for Bro, he's... I mean, not to slay, not to fucking beat Joe Rogan while he's down, but when he's like, yeah, I get, I got more aggressive. I got more, you know, <laughs> I felt like a wolf running with the pack. I'm like, bro, shut the fuck up, man. You seen the clip like where he's um, talking to Bill Burr. Bill Burr about, <laughs> like, hey, do you feel more aggressive? He's like, no, Joe, you psychopath. <laughs> to give context. <laughs> it was the greatest thing because it was in like a fucking podcast with 17 people at the comedy store while Trump while the elections were happening where Trump ended up winning. So it was a a massive, like, uh, comedians were coming in and out. And uh, Bill Burr's like, oh, thanks for the fucking elk, Joe. And then Joe, (laughs) like, Robbie says, like, oh, yeah, did you feel more aggressive eating it? He's like, no, you fucking retard. What are you talking about? (laughs) So so what did you think about the carnival diet? Like, what what are your thoughts? 
mean, realistically, you just need some kind of fiber and vegetable content to keep your oh, system going. Bro, your shits must be horrible when you're on <laughs> yeah. the carnivore diet. People, Jesus. People will tend to actually do quite well on a carnivore diet because you'll find a lot of people that go on it initially are having a lot of autoimmune issues or like food intolerance issues. And essentially what it is is a very stringent elimination diet. When I say elimination diet, you're eliminating like a whole group of food yeah. groups. Um, it's, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's just like red meats and greens, right? Yes. Yeah, so generally you no want to be eating no greens. Oh, no, no greens. greens. No greens. It's literally just I thought you could have a little bit of vegetables, yeah? No. Nah. Right. It's, it's just it's meat. Carnivore. I know, but so I heard Peterson talk Bone about Bone broth it. is the closest thing you ah, get to is. a vegetable in <laughs> yeah. a carnivore diet. <laughs> yeah. So the, um, I think the kind of founding principle of it is um, like eat head to tail. You're eating a lot of organ and um, organ meat, especially because that's quite high in nutrient density. And that's definitely a good thing for people to incorporate into their diets. Um, People do initially quite well on that because like any sort of ketogenic diet where you're eliminating carbohydrates, that initial weight loss can be quite motivating because you get rid of carbohydrates in your diet it's literally in the name, right? Hydrates. Yeah. Every gram of mm. carbohydrates you eat, three grams grams of glycogen will bind to it. So that's where it that is. term kind of like water weight will is, comes from. Yep. So um, yeah, that initial weight loss that you will get on like a carnivore diet does make sense. It can be quite easy to stick to just from the sense of like – once sausages. you've eaten one steak, you don't often want to eat another one, you know? Like, so Very satiating. Yeah. yeah, it's the satiating diet. But, yeah, just the nutritional deficiencies that you're going to encounter. Just So, yeah. so are you telling me that if I, <laughs> if I have sausages for breakfast and then a chicken, half a chicken for lunch and then a New York strip steak for dinner, and if I do that on and on for 30 days, how do you think I'm going to be feeling by the 30th day? <laughs> Only one way to find out, Paz. Yeah. <laughs> honestly... I was going to do it. <laughs> the but thing is like, it makes sense because if you think about the high density, like even though protein, protein is- that you're getting there. But <laughs> like that's 300 grams a day. But you're think just, about like, so like it. fat is obviously the most dense of the macros, right? But like, if you're talking about the things that have the most, car- like the most uh, calories in the least thing, it's usually carbs. It's like chips. You know, you'll eat a packet of chips and it's fucking 400 calories. So this is an interesting argument that like a lot of carnivore proponents will kind of go to and talk about how like sugar is killing us and carbs are killing us and stuff like that. People aren't often like overeating on just carbohydrates. Like nobody's oh, yeah. there smashing a bag of sugar, right? They're eating <laughs> a lot of, I, I don't know, maybe. Uh, listen, they can you phone in America, if you're smashing bro. a bag of sugar. Right? <laughs> um, it's often a case of hyper palatable food. So food that's like really easy to eat. Oftentimes yeah. that's a combination yeah. of carbohydrates and fat. On your point though, molecular weight of food compared to like its energy density is actually fat. So like, as you said, the macro of fat is- um, Eight grams or something. Nine grams of calories per- um, Nine calories calories per gram. gram Um, I'll give a little um, bulking story of my PR representation, Chris. Um, When when he first came into the gym, um, he was going through like a bulk. And I I think you'll happily say like a little dirty bulk phase. Yeah, relatively so. <laughs> so I was like questioning it just because like you were still in like really good shape. I'm like, I don't know how dirty he's going with this. And I, I wanted to get like a bit of insight as to what you were doing nutritionally. I'm like, so like, what are you going about? Uh, what are you doing? Like, how are you going about your bulk? And he's like, 
Oh yeah, I keep a bottle of olive oil in my desk. I'm just like, <laughs> He's like your co-workers must think you're an absolute I maniac. I got famous from the olive oil. <laughs> yeah, you told me, bro. You, you became the olive oil man, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, the HR used to come up to me. Are you okay? Is everything okay? I'm drinking <laughs> olive oil at your desk. Is everything going well? But, but the thing is, do you try to hide it or do you just go, everyone, olive oil time. <laughs> Hold your head I mean, up, go to the kitchen, get a glass, pour the oil in, drink it, have a bit of tea or whatever to wash out the oil. And then ignore no the know. stairs. Go back to your work. Do people stare? Of course they you're do. Doing you're doing a shot of oil. olive oil, of but course. But you're in the kitchen. How many people? You, you no, know, the kitchen, I'll, no I'll there. take the glass back to my desk, open my drawer. There's okay. a big bottle of olive oil. I'm like, on my desk. Here we go. Yep, yep, that's good. That's Drink like the, the oil. That's <laughs> the dirtiest of box because you're not even eating Maccas. You're just drinking olive oil like no, it's a fucking olive beer. olive oil is so good for you though. Doesn't it have hella, like the fats that are inside it? It was the time you, efficiency. I could drink the oil in about one minute and then get back to work rather than go out, get a meal, eat it, have a bit of a food coma and then get back to work. I mean, yeah, the Mediterranean oh. diet, people say like the, the average around that kind of area is like fucking 102 or some goofy shit. Like if you just eat fish and olive oil, you'll live for a long time. I mean, there's it's definitely a good thing to be incorporating some stuff that has like that monounsaturated fats in. I'm not sure if I'd go as far as the Chris <laughs> technique of just shotgunning olive oil. In your- oh, look, good times. <laughs> Basil likes it because it ties in with Arabic culture of I doing a shotgun. Love olive oil. I don't have a shot of it, but I, I may as well over the course you of try the it. Yeah, and, and there's the stuff that I get as well because my dad has an olive oil farm, has an olive farm, so he makes olive Must oil. Must be nice. Bro, <laughs> Must be nice. I'll tell you this olive oil that we get. It's amazing. I don't have any at the moment, but I'm going to get some in the coming days. I'm waiting for some. Some olive oil, yeah? Yeah. (laughs) One of the questions we have, and this is probably the most common question you'll hear from like a young gym rat is, what age to start lifting? Because everyone's heard like lifting such a growth and stuff. And then you'll talk to a PT at a gym and be like, nah, that's a rumor or whatever. What is your thoughts on the whole debate? Like when would you advise someone? In terms of, physiologically like when they say like your bone structure is set you're still growing to the point that you've kind of hit puberty and even beyond that however you can definitely get into some kind of like strength training that doesn't mean loading up like your maximum weight on like a squat or anything like that it means just like forming foundations of lift even this lifting with a barbell or something like that at like a relatively young age i'd put it at like 13 14 yeah like um in terms of like the stunting of growth, realistically, that's not really going to happen. Um, you get more spinal compression across the day, like just from standing up in the general yeah. walking around that you do. I, like you'll end up shorter at the end of the day. Than I've you heard will. you lose two inches of height yeah. over the course of a day. Yeah. It's pretty fucked. Jeez. <laughs> Wait, over the course of a day? Yeah. yeah two and inches? Because obviously no if you're standing up. It's you're from 6'4 to 6'2. Aaron's 6'4 now. <laughs> he gained an inch in a day, apparently. <laughs> bro, nah, surely not. Oh, this is just what I've heard. This is bro science. I don't know if it's that much, but yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe two centimeters. It sounds good though. You two, know? C- two centimeters could make sense. I know, but you know how like we're we're talking as if we know what we're talking yeah. about. <laughs> the thing is, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. He's got a master's degree as well. I think I, I've heard a lot of times with the stunning of growth, it happens when people try to become like ego lifting gym rats at a young age and then they fuck up their spine. Yeah. And yeah. it like fucks up their growth long-term. But- if you're like being smart, uh, this is just what I've heard, of course, and you're the expert here, but like- What is being smart? Meaning you're, you're not ego, like you take the ego out. 
which is hard to do at 14, obviously. But if you can do, if you can work, if you can do bench press for a year and you don't have shoulder pain, which I know me and Baz cannot attest to having <laughs> because we had shoulder pain from the start. You know what That's I mean? True. Then I feel like, I don't know, you might be in a better position. But I've, I've heard of like a lot of people say it's a myth, but I don't know, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I think it's just using some common sense. Um, definitely if you're lifting at a younger age, trying to get some kind of assistance, like some kind of coaching, or if you're doing it like your school or something like that, ideally they'll have someone set up to help you with that. Definitely just don't go in without any guidance if you're trying to yeah. get into it from a young age. Yeah. Um, still follow like a conventional strength program, but just probably moderate the weights that you are lifting, that you are able to maintain really good form and do it safely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Mike Chang used to say any sort of overhead movements would stunt your growth, but a bench press or a bicep curl, something like that is going to be fine. Do you know if that's bullshit or if that's, that's got some merit hey, to it? if Mike said it, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mike, yeah. it's gospel. He's the natty God. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's, what's Mike up to these days? <laughs> you, you know, he got banned off YouTube, right? Well, he, nice. really? he got banned. He had, he was the biggest fitness channel on all of YouTube and he it's got banned. Too good. Well, it's because the supplement he was trying to fucking fling yeah. did nothing. Really? It was, it was one of I those- I feel like everyone on YouTube will get banned then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> one hour is that. It was one of those Christian things- Guzman <laughs> with his fucking ghost pre-workout and shit. Yeah, yeah. but he, I think he had one of those things which technically made you burn a bit more calories in a day. Like it had a bunch of caffeine uh, in it. Is it called clenbuterol? No, it, that's, <laughs> I wish it was. But it, it was just, it just had a bit of caffeine in it, which means that you burn an extra four calories in a day. Oh, yeah. wow. And then he marketed it as fat burning. Yeah. And- yeah, he got banned off YouTube. Jeez. It was so it was so extreme the lies lies he was saying. <laughs> okay, so I think we got maybe three more questions. We'll see. Yep. But uh, one of the questions is how to lose weight quickly, and is there side effects of it? Clenbuterol. <laughs> I mean, that is one. That's one option. <laughs> Clenbuterol is probably realistically your best option losing weight quickly. <laughs> Don't take clenbuterol. <laughs> um, Eat clen, train hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give. I kind of give an answer for people who are versed in tracking somewhat and just give like a yeah, yeah, yeah. caloric like like a caloric intake goal they can kind of go for and also just in terms of like some kind of nutritional guidelines specifically what to eat for that um in terms of those who that are ties kind in of perfectly because someone said what food should you eat when right, you're cutting bulking you so there we go <laughs> <laughs> in terms of like if you are versed in tracking or like looking to get into it Work out that maintenance calorie intake. Um, yep. You can use a formula off the internet. They're all like pretty good of just giving you a ballpark. Depending on how accurate you want to be, track your calories according to that amount. Then track your weight. If you're not losing weight, if you're not gaining weight, you've found your maintenance calories. Um, conventionally, with when you're running like a deficit, when you're running a cut, you go anywhere from like 250 to 300s, like a pretty moderate maintainable deficit. Yep. Um, a lot of some physique athletes, but a lot in the strength training community where funnily enough, we don't really like dieting. We like <laughs> doing squats and drinking chocolate milk. You wouldn't say. <laughs> <laughs> the chocolate milk. <laughs> Have you seen the mountain recently? Man's got a six pack now. <laughs> um, so strength training community tends to look at dieting period as like ideally getting it done in a sprint rather than a marathon. So utilizing a thing like a mini cut Mini yep. cut refers to something that is a lot stricter of a deficit. So a lot more of a deficit anywhere from 500 to even a thousand calories. Um, benefit of that is 
you're done in, well, you're done. You can get like a good lot of progress done in say like four weeks, which is about the recommendation I give for how long I'd run a mini cut. Yeah. Um, detrimental side effects, side effects, detrimental effects of that. In terms of physiologically, you're not going to get too bad in terms of like the hormonal response just because you're running it for that short period of time. Um, you are likely going to be hungry, especially if you are in a thousand calorie deficit. Um, but in terms of losing weight quickly, that is probably a good option to do. Yep. And as long as you're like equating your protein needs, you're probably going to be okay in terms of muscle loss as long as your training is and kind of accounting for that. You guys do that because you train in weight, you compete in weight classes, right? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely don't do that for the strength athletes that I do in nutritional for because, I mean, how I'll set it up is that they're not dieting into a period where they're going into a comp because that's an added stress and right, obviously yeah, yeah. you're not, it, it, it does, it's not conducive to be in a deficit while you're trying to yeah. get stronger, right? Um, but yeah, a lot of strength athletes are kind of using that over like an extended period. Maybe they're away from competition and want to kind of get an improved body composition response. It does always suck when you're trying to hit a PR while cutting. Like I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. This is fucking awful right now. Um, okay. And I mean, you've kind of, you have kind of said this. I don't know. They said best way to split muscle groups, but maybe yeah, if you speak about actual that. muscle groups. Mm-hmm. So like, what well, if you were to just say, you've got an average, let's say 18 year old. Mm. They've got maybe, uni. let's say they're busy nine to five, but they've got two hour windows. So mm. they can train like, as many times as you recommend, mm. how would you go about like what muscle groups would you pair with what? Like, I mean, I can give the scientific volume recommendations of it's like 20 15 to 20 sets for a beginner to intermediate and upper body. And you can extend that slightly to 17 to like 25 on lower body movements. Um, I'll give just something more specific is if you're following some kind of beginner program, that's going to kind of account for how much volume you're doing across the week. So yeah. I'd just say follow something like that. That'd be a yeah. pretty good recommendation. So like a five by five or something yeah. like that, where you get like a good ba- like foundation or something like that. As long as you find you are progressing. So like a five by five, obviously the means of progression is adding weight to the bar. As long as you find you are kind of doing that and recovering from that, that's going to be a good volume recommendation. Cool. I've got something that's going to put you on the spot. Okay. Yeah. I want you to rate these from one to three. Bodybuilding. And when I mean bodybuilding, I mean Kai Green, fucking the other guy, you know, like big shit, not like looking aesthetic. Powerlifting and strongman. And I want to I want you to say rate them the coolest. <laughs> Surely bodybuilding is number one. I don't know if I agree. I think I would go strongman number one. I'm not gonna lie. I think I'm with you, honestly, because realistically, powerlifting is probably like I'm a powerlifter and like I, in my heart, I wanted to put it number one, but it's like <laughs> the most unathletic and like boring spectator sport out there. Like if you've ever been to a powerlifting meet, it's the most boring but shit you can go to. You're like, you're just exactly watching endless what I kind of say. squats, bench, the deadlift. How hype are you when you or your teammate oh, like, I'm gets like, the thing up? It's like, the best thing ever, yeah, but that's yeah, like yeah. maybe 10 minutes of your day, right? It's like a soccer game where you see a guy score. Like sometimes they don't score and it's not that fun. Whereas one of my good mates, um, shout out to Brent, um, competes in strongman. And you go to a strongman event and like, what are you going to do? Oh, he's pulling a truck. Okay. Yeah. He's oh, deadlifting yeah, a car. Like, yeah. He's yeah. lifting a 150 kilo stone off the ground yeah. somehow. Like. This is why I was saying bodybuilding has got to be one. Because at the end of the day, do you want to be sitting there lifting weights, eating dry chicken and kind of talking with your, your lame friends? Or do you want to be getting pussy? 
Do you want to be looking shredded? I don't think bodybuilders. Do you want to be looking sick? I honestly think powerlifters and powerlifters definitely because there's a big movement within women in powerlifting, way more than bodybuilders. Yeah, bro, we crush pussy. <laughs> bro, look, you'll 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 crush pussy with a really strong pelvic floor, but you'll still crush pussy. You know what I mean? And p- fucking uh, strong men are all seven feet tall, so you got that. Whereas, have you seen um half Thor Bjorn? Oh, bro, how does that work? Ridiculous. <laughs> Like the Have fucking, you seen his wife? Yeah, the pictures between him and the fucking girl. And she's like, Little she's. Lady. there's a German word called Stangeblage, which means stand something. Standing blowjob. And it's been, yeah, it's yeah. someone who can stand upright while giving a blowjob. And that is this woman. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And then you add like his fucking hip thrusts must be ridiculously powerful. Like this woman's getting UTI every time. <laughs> so spread open. You know? did, but, you, did you say, sorry, I was about to say, but you, did you finish the last question from the Instagram or- there are a few more, but we already kind of like spoke about it. Yeah, them, okay, I mean? yeah, fair enough. Very similar to Discord. I want to know. what. So we had a TikTok and it kind of blew up a bit um, and we got a lot of negative attention because hey, you we have 100,000 followers on TikTok. Yeah, hey, Baz likes to say that. <laughs> Baz also likes to say he has a 12-inch dick because he, he figures if you round up, you know, 6.2, that's closer. You know, we round up, don't we? We don't well, run down. If we're going by the nearest 12, then yeah, yeah, of course. You know, we, we work it's 12 feet. inches. But um, we, we had it and we were essentially criticizing bodybuilding as a sport, so to speak. It was more me and Aaron as opposed to Baz, but we were saying more like the the posing and the G-string. What are your thoughts on, could you ever see yourself up there in a bright pink oh. Speedo, you know, having a fucking flex? What you, <laughs> I need a spray tan, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's almost the issue. Like if I was doing bodybuilding, I'd come out with the same skin color as you. And it's like, <laughs> bro, this feels like I'm something, you know, this is not like racially insensitive, I, I don't know. Brendan Shaw touched and he coined the term um, chocolate face. Yeah. Oh. Like bodybuilders get a super tan. Like, oh, he just looks like a black guy. <laughs> chocolate face. <laughs> I mean, I mean, when Chris done is done with this cut, I'm just going to whip out a speedo and say, "Yeah, we're on we're on stage now." Chris. <laughs> you you won't need to whip it out. He'll bring one in from his from his own collection. <laughs> Fun fact for the viewers: Chris is whipping it out right now. <laughs> <laughs> Only there were cameras. <laughs> oh. So, um, yeah, on bodybuilding. I don't know. I think it's like intriguing. It's it, it's, it's definitely weird as, a real it's weird as hell, on. but it's like intriguing at the same time. Like you see these freaking monsters on the stage. Like yeah. there's yeah. something just kind of fascinating about that, like going to a human zoo, just seeing these absolute you know, freaks of nature. So uh, the real joke is natural bodybuilding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see these guys. because they're not actually yeah. natural. No, no, but when you see the actual natural ones and they're just not that big, and you're like, yeah. all right, I get it. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's watch some real bodybuilding now. What, what do you think of classic bodybuilding? Like the ones where they say, uh, I forget what his fucking name was. He's like a big South African dude, but like Arnold, those guys where they had the, you know, the thin waist, the big shoulders versus these days where it's just, if there's a muscle on my neck, I'm trying to grow it. (laughs) I personally like the, I mean, like, I'm more intrigued by the open bodybuilding just because I, I just want to see like a freak up there. Yeah, you know I mean, like, it is wow, literally man. a freak show. I I didn't know you could have a muscle there. (laughs) I'm the exact same. Yeah. Oh, far out. All right, boys. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, this is episode 46. We've got Ravi from the podcast. If you want to check out Ravi, we're going to have links in the bio. We're going to have his Instagram. We're going to have his website. If they're going to reach out to you, what's the preferred way to reach out to you? Are they going to call you or would you prefer them to DM you? So we've got all our contact info and our information. We'll have the link below. If you're looking to get some kind of online programming or even some personal training from myself, shoot me a DM on, on Instagram. Beautiful. And if you're in the Sydney area, come out. 
Try the gym. See what see what it's like. See if it's your kind of vibe. If you're overseas, we've got a lot of overseas people. Fucking shoot him with him. Maybe he can help set up your program because it really helps a lot when you have someone who actually has experience and isn't 100%. just saying, oh yeah, do this. You know what I mean? Like with some cookie cutter bullshit. Like it helps start your, like me and Baz can attest. We started the gym having no idea what we were trying to do. So we're watching a thousand YouTube videos trying to figure out, oh, is this good? Is this good? And at the end of the day, most of our training is fucking, oh yeah, we'll hit the dumbbells, we'll hit the bench press, we'll hit this and that. It's like, Absolutely. it's mostly yeah. kind of the the basic stuff. So if you can get someone to help guide you along the way, it can help a lot. So definitely make sure to hit up Ravi and fucking do this. And the key word this week is eat Glenn Trenhard. It's <laughs> a great one. And look, guys, if you're going to spend time in the gym, if you're going to use your time there, you may as well be getting the most out of it. Yeah. You may as well have a good program. You may as well have some good nutrition. Find the guidance and the guidance is right here. 100%. So, yeah. You know what to do. Move to North Sydney now. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Uh, no thanks worries, for coming mate. on, Ravi.